Anything combat with Johnny K. Well, it's anything combat, though. Welcome back, combatants, to the Anything Combat Show, where we discuss everything mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Johnny K, and today we're joined by PFL light heavyweight Ty Flores. How are you going today, Ty? Doing good, man. Doing good. Thanks for having me on. All good. Did you train today? I did train today. It was uh, exhausting. <laughs> Who was that training? Was uh, Blades and all the rest of the guys there, like uh, Razaka Hassan and all, all of those guys? Oh, Razak's back in town, but he's not training yet. He's just being fat. Curtis is injured. He has double sprained ankles, so he had to pull out of his fight. So he was uh, he was at one of the sessions, but uh, it was just like a drilling session. He's going super light. Um, but, you know, we had Zach Pauga, we had Vanilla Thunder. Um, those are like the guys in the bigger promotions, but we had a couple other guys too, but you know, those are the bigger names. So with Curtis, he injured his ankle. You said, did he injure both of them? So what happened was it was actually quite a bit ago. I think and he, uh, he injured at wrestling and then was trying to go through, uh, through the camp and everything. And then because one was injured, I think he was favoring the other one or whatever, putting more weight on the other one. And then he actually ended up injuring the other one. So now he has like two, you know, when you're his size, man, I mean, that kind of sucks. So. Yeah, that's feral. Uh, what he was going to go up against Jalton Almeida. I personally really liked Jalton and I was actually picking Almeida in that matchup just from a stylistic point of view. How did you see that matchup going if that fight was to go ahead when he was at full um, capacity with no injuries? I mean, that's a great matchup for Curtis. You know, I mean, he knows his body more than anybody else. But even then, I think even with, you know, messed up ankles, he would still. I mean, that guy's a look, man, like there's heavyweights like Steve and DC, like they weigh around 230 pounds. You see some other guys in like the 240-ish range. It's like, I think the smallest Curtis has been is when he had the flu and he fought JDS and he was like 245, like 248, something like that. Like him, guys like him and Ganyu, like those are huge heavyweights, man. And I know Jailton's more of a grappler and everything, but like coming from a light heavyweight that's got a lot of rounds with them over the years, like, dude, it wears on you. You know what I mean? Like, like that's the thing. It's He's going to be a tough guy to take down. And the other thing is like, Curtis, I think, is undefeated when he goes international in another guy's backyard. You know, he had the Aspinall fight. He had Mark Hunt in Australia. So, like, Curtis is so petty, you know, like, when he goes into, like, the whole thing, like, he always ends up winning. So, like, there is that X factor there. But also, I mean, I think that Jailton would have definitely felt the size difference 100%. Like, I, he's just not going to tap out Curtis. And then when Curtis strikes, man, like, I, guys think he's just a wrestler. Dude, like, he's dangerous everywhere, especially the striking. You know what I mean? Like, I actually sometimes feel better with him on the ground than I do, you know, than I do when he, you know, we're having our, our stand-up rounds, man. Like, everything he throws hurts. He switches stances. He's always in good position. Like, I think that was a pretty bad matchup for uh, Almeida, and I think that probably would have sent him down, back down to light heavyweight, to be honest with you. Yeah, bro. I think I do. I do appreciate your take. I do think that Jalton's striking needs a little bit more work. I think that Curtis's striking is much superior. But I do have to say, dude, Jalton Almeida, he's like a freak of nature. His frame and the way he fights is maybe they're hyping him up a little bit too much. 
but he's running through these people, and we'll get to see what he does to Derek Lewis. Personally, I think he's going to maul Derek because, like, Derek stands up from every single takedown that people get on him, but I don't think he's going to be able to stand up against this dude, right? I feel like when it comes to the back positioning and, you know, the body locks and, and you know, um, the triangles around the body, you know what I mean? Like, when it comes to those jiu-jitsu positions, like, heavy guys can't do that. And that's one thing that Jelton can do. So because he's got this weird skill set for such a heavy division, I, I saw him um, doing well against Curtis. That's, a, that's an interesting matchup, but I do see him beating Derek. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think he runs through Derek. I mean, the thing is, man, like most of the heavyweights, even the light heavyweights, like guys don't really wrestle. I think we train out of light heavyweights. We have Devin Clark that trains with us and him. And I guess, I guess Uncle Ayev kind of is, but he's not really known as a wrestler. You know what I mean? He can wrestle for sure, but he's not like, you know, in terms of like if you're a Dagestani, you know what I mean? Like he's not like, I think anywhere near the top in terms of like good Dagestani wrestlers. Um, but most of these heavyweights, man, like really you kind of get above middleweight and most guys don't wrestle. So I, I think that also kind of helps him out. Like when he, he does go against these heavier weights, you know, like he'll probably fuck a lot of guys up, you know, like just because they don't have grappling and they're not used to it. But like where I see that with Curtis is we have a lot of heavyweight wrestlers with us. You know, like I, I mentioned Vanilla Thunder, one of our teammates, you know, he, he's a guy that not a huge heavyweight, but he's definitely a heavyweight and he's a wrestler. And I can guarantee Almeida is not going to have that wrestling. Uh, most of these guys, you know, like heavyweights just don't really wrestle. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't think most of them have probably seen, you know, been really put in there. You know what I mean? Like put in there where it's like they have to worry about defending a takedown or, um, you know, and, and Gilton kind of is in that sweet spot where he's like a big, strong, like heavyweight um he's quick and he can kind of get under the hips and you know get the takedown well but you know I, what was that fight he had uh, it's the russian guy curtis fought him in abu dhabi it's like shamil or something like that and he yeah that big dagestani guy but i noticed like dude, he got pretty gas you know what i mean for a fight that he was essentially dominating you know so i think that you know, no matter how in shape you are, man, if you're grappling a guy that's substantially bigger than you, like, it's going to wear on you. And I don't think he's going to run into problems with Derek, and he seems to, like, come out of the gates pretty quick and shoot really fast. I think that's kind of what he has to do with Derek. But, dude, I mean, Derek's last fight, he opened up with a flying knee. I mean, that's that's scary. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be... Yeah, you have to be cognizant of that when you're fighting. Like, you don't know what Derek's going to do. And he does have that, like, just stand-up thing. Like, I don't think that he'd be able to do it with Almeida, but, I mean, Derek Lewis is always full of surprises, so you really never know. Ty, you brought up uh, Magomed and Kaliyev. Dude, what a weird fight with Johnny Walker that was just the other day. Did you watch it? Yeah, that was a super weird fight, man. Like, what, what was that even, you know? Like... Yeah, Just, that was like that was like a nothing fight. To be honest, I thought Johnny Walker was going to KO him just for the fact that Johnny is so unpredictable. And as we spoke about, dude, if you're really, really good at unorthodox striking and you have a fighter like Magomed, who's an all-rounder, all-rounders do well, of course, right? But Magomed being an all-rounder, he doesn't have like a nine in every single stat. You know what I mean? He has a certain number. I don't know. I, I can't equate it because we don't have an, we don't have enough tape on him. You know what I mean? But even the Jan Blahovic fight, bro, if you have Jan 
um, you know, for Pereira. Pereira is doing well against Jan. Jan fights Magomed, and it goes to a draw, and Jan's kind of piecing him up on the feet. You know what I mean? Just because the yeah. UFC is trying to sell you this product of Magomed being like this out-of-control guy that no one can beat is not completely true. There are other light heavyweights that would give him a severe problem. So when he fought Johnny, I picked Johnny by KO just because of how unpredictable he is. And, dude, you saw it, bro. He hit him with a body shot, faked it, and he almost took his head off with a random flying knee. And Magomed, as I said, because of the unpredictable nature of Johnny's striking, he was totally not ready for that knee. He was... If you rewatch the clip, he had no, he had zero clue that that flying knee was coming. And when it was right next to his face, dude, it only missed by a little bit. So, do, do you see where I'm coming from from that perspective? Yeah, man. I think like anybody that fights Johnny Walker, like there's always going to be that X factor. I think when it comes to power, like he probably is on like the higher end of the light heavyweights. You know, like I would put him up there with like Jan or, or even Pereira now. Uh, I mean, the thing about Uncle Iob, though, like, you said it, like, he's good everywhere. I don't think he's great anywhere, but he's good everywhere. Um, and I think, like, his past two fights, in my opinion, it's a little bit of a blessing, if you think about it, you know? So, like, the, the first fight with Jan, he was getting fucked up with cap kicks, right? Um, adjusted well, shot for the takedown. Like, he did what he had to do to get the win. But, you know, it ended up being a draw, so he didn't lose, Right. Um, and then the last fight with Johnny Walker, all of that, whatever the hell that was, like, yeah, like you said, he got hit with the body shots, he did whatever, like, but he didn't lose. So for me, if I'm him, I'm like, you know, like, you've seen some, like, weaknesses, you know what I mean? Like, you've seen some weaknesses where he, he's in, like, a kind of a unique position, I think, where he saw ways that he could have lost, but he didn't lose. You know what I mean? Like, he could have very easily lost that Jan fight, ended up getting the draw, or in the terms of uh, Johnny Walker, you know, he, who knows what that fight would have been, you know what I mean? Johnny Walker's crazy, he's wild. He got to co come kind of feel the power a little bit. He knew he could take him down, like, that's got to be confident. Um, you know, he's, it, it's, it sucks, his past two fights have gone that way, but the way I see it as a fighter is, like, he's in a good spot right now, where, like, he, he has a lot of data, but he hasn't really lost the past two. I know, you know, that, that one with Jan, it sucks, because it was for the title, but it's... I think he can be a problem, man, because he doesn't make a lot of mistakes either. You know what I mean? Like, he's that guy where his defense is pretty good. Like, his wrestling is sound. It's not great, but it's good. Like, he doesn't take a ton of risks. Um, and that's kind of a scary guy. You know, he doesn't seem to have cardio issues. So, I think he's still a major player in the uh, in the 205 title picture, for sure. Well, I think the best way we can put it is, like, when you're talking about, you know, your grappling, your endurance – your cardio, your striking, your clinch, your chain wrestling, all these different attributes, your BJJ, everything that goes into a fight, you can give Magomed that 7.5 out of 10 range from in different stats, 7.8, 7.6, all across the board. But when you get to the final stat of fight IQ and, and mixing things up, you give him like something 8.4 or some shit, whatever it is. It doesn't really matter. It's the fact that he knows his fight IQ and mixing up the game at a really high level whilst not being amazing, amazing at anything. And because of that, he's an absolute problem. With with Blahovitz. With the Jan fight, like a lot of guys would – I was rooting for Jan, dude. How do you not love Jan? And I, I was rooting for him. Like I like Uncle Iev too, but uh... – 
I mean, the way he adjusted it, I didn't even know he could wrestle until that, you know? And then he starts taking him down, uh, beating Jan on the ground. And it's like being able to make those, like, like most guys just go out there and if they do have a game plan, like sometimes they follow it. Like you see this all the time, even in sparring guys will do it for the first minute, maybe two. And then they just go back to what they normally do. Right. They just go back to their instincts or guys kind of abandon the game plan. So most guys don't even really follow a game plan. Right. But if you get a guy that like, obviously has his game plan or whatever, but he can adjust it like in between rounds on the fly. That's a special thing. Like that's a scary thing too. You know what I mean? And then, like we said, like he's kind of good everywhere. So it's like he was losing the striking battles. Like his, his calf was compromised and then all of a sudden he starts to wrestle. So it's like, that's a, a tough guy. You know what I mean? Like that's a, he, he's good everywhere, you know? So it's, it's, he's a tough matchup too. And he doesn't take a ton of risks. Like you're not going to catch him in a firefight. Like, He's not going to go out there and brawl with Johnny Walker, which is going to be a dumb thing for anybody to do. If you go out there and brawl with Johnny Walker, it's like, it doesn't matter if you're the champ, he can knock you out. He can knock anybody out, you know? So that's a, it's a tough guy. I'm looking forward. I hope they rebook the fight. So I don't know, but. A massive critique people had of Adesanya was that, oh, dude, this guy's just a kickboxer. And now you don't hear anyone saying that. You, you hear people say, He's a top 20 MMA fighter of all time, right? So when you look at someone like Pereira, Pereira's not getting the respect that he deserves. When I look at Pereira's game, I see a guy that it's very fucking hard to take him down, right? Jan Blahovich had difficulties for fuck's sake, right? You have him with decent jujitsu, right? Like you can say whatever you want. He didn't get choked out against Jan. He knocked out Strickland and he knocked out Adesanya. There's three champions that he's beaten already, and he just started, right? Right. I think this guy's way smarter than what people are thinking. I think oh, yeah. in that fight with Magomed, if if Blahovich can destroy the calves of of Magomed, and then Pereira can destroy the calves of uh, Jan Blahovic, I think, bro, I think I think that's a bad matchup for Magomed. I see I see Pereira holding the belt when he beats Yuri Prokasha by knockout because Yuri has no head movement. He's going to knock him out. And then if they throw Magomed up there in the title picture with Pereira, I see Pereira having a title defense at light heavyweight. I know this is an insane take, but guess what? I'm going to put money on it because I put my money where my mouth is. I don't know, man. Cause the only thing is like, I, again, I love Pereira. I love uh, Yuri. I love the way both of them fight. Like they're just, they're true warriors, man. Like they're just, they're gangsters. They seem like cool dudes too. You know what I mean? Like, just the kind of the way they carry themselves outside of the cage. Like, they seem like really, really cool dudes. But um, the thing with – the only thing with Yuri is, like, yes, I think that if Yuri goes in and just does a kickboxing fight, dude, he gets hit way too much. Like, it's just one of those things when the heavier the weight classes, it's like that style of fighting. It can only you, – you can only do that for so long. And against a guy like Pereira – Bro, Pereira could go up and be the heavyweight champ, man. Like, it's one of those things where, like, he just has that power where it's, like, and I know people are going to, like, I don't think he beats John Jones, right? But he's that guy where, like, dude, if he lands that left hook on you, you're going to sleep. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. But the thing is, it's, like, the only thing is I was reading something, and I think, uh, I think, I want to say it was Henry Cejudo. And before he fought Glover, I guess Yuri went out there to go train with Henry a little bit. And Henry was kind of telling him what to do or what he thinks his game plan should be. And Glover, and for Glover, 
And Yuri was talking about like, no, let's work on wrestling and taking him down. Let's work on jujitsu. Like, I want to like fight him in the fire. You know, it kind of reminded me of like that John Jones when John Jones fought Glover because he was fighting him with a clinch, dirty boxing him, which everyone thought like that was Glover's only chance of winning. And John Jones kind of had that like, fuck you, I'm going to do this. But then, you know, Yuri, it was kind of the same thing right there. Right. And so what happened in that fight? I mean, Yuri ended up grappling him and he ended up submitting him, obviously. Um, so the only thing is there is like, I don't think that I think Yuri's such like a warrior and so smart. I could see him going out there and wrestling him. Like I, and I would respect him for that. Like, you know what I mean? It's one of those things like one of my teammates, Razak just fought and Razak talked a ton about like Buckley being a bitch for wrestling him. I've trained with Razak. What does Razak have? Like, I mean, you probably have this ass like 14 first round knockouts. It's fucking insane. Razak, like from experience hits harder pound for pound than, probably most everyone if not everyone i've ever trained with right so he's talking about all like the standing up and everything and about how like guys don't want to kickbox him and it's like brother if i fought you i wouldn't stand up with you like joe piper like i wanted to hate the guy you know what i mean like i want he's fighting my boy like you know he, he seems like a nice guy he actually came out and trained with us but um he seems like a cool dude but Fuck, man. Like, he came out there, immediately shot, had such a good game plan, like, shot right away, wore him down a little bit, like, had him constantly thinking about the takedown and all that, and ended up choking him out. You know what I mean? And it's one of those things where, like, yeah, you could talk about him being a pussy for not wanting to stand with Razak, but I wouldn't want to fucking stand with Razak, and I'm a weight class above him, you know what I mean? And I, so I say that because I can see Yuri doing the same thing. I can see Yuri, like, he has such, like, a warrior mindset of, like, I don't really see him, like, like waving his dick around in such a way like i'm gonna go and stand with this guy you know what i mean like going out there and like grappling with glover was one thing but i don't see him just like getting into a brawl without and with with Pereira. like i think he wants the belt and look man like obviously Pereira can be beat standing up adesanya got the what have they fought four or five times he finally got the knockout but Yuri's not Adesanya. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, Pereira and Adesanya are the two most decorated kickboxers in the sport. And it's like, how many times does it take Adesanya to get that knockout? You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to fight Pereira, you got to grab him. You got to you gotta wear on him a little bit. You know what I mean? And I, I, I personally, I think Yuri's going to do that. I think it would be the wise thing to do. But at the same time, like, I love them both. It would be awesome if they just, like, met in the middle and through. And then I agree with you. Then I think, I'm going to, I'm going to take prayer in that. Like I think prayer knocks him out. There's an interesting relationship just there that you just brought up, right? When there's two tall people that are the same height, they take each other down. This is what people fucking don't understand because if Adesanya takes down Pereira and you go, oh, Adesanya is a good wrestler. And then Jan Blahovic can't take down Pereira. Then who's right and who's wrong, right? If you have John Jones getting taken down by Gustafson, right? And then Daniel Cormier can't take down Jones, then who's wrong again? You know what I mean? It is the tall people. It's when a tall person tries to take down another tall person. It's too much weight. There's too much of a leverage point that the momentum, they basically fall over. If Yuri goes to take down Pereira, to be honest, even though I don't want him to, he will He will have an advantage that uh, someone like a Blahovic, who was a little bit shorter, or someone like uh, Magomed, I think he's 6'1", 6'2", I'm not too sure, probably won't have that that someone like Yuri does just because of the frame advantage. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, and I think, like, even if you're not planning to take him down, like, any any striking coach worth his shit, right? They've got to be like, dude, you've got to – like, if I'm fighting Pereira, I'm fighting a high-level kickboxer, 
I'm going to at least show the takedown, like get them thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like it, it's going to open up your striking. Like maybe I'm just trying to set up the overhand. Maybe I'm trying to set up a Z hook, you know, maybe I'm just trying to like shoot, not even take you down, but push you against the cage. Like you have to factor in that wrestling and get them thinking, you know, when I go against guys like, you know, like vanilla or guys like Curtis and all that, like their striking gets easily, easily minimum 20% better just for me thinking about, um, just for me thinking about the takedown, you know what I mean? It even sometimes when I'm successful, like with, with, uh, with hitting them and stuff, it's like, maybe I only hit them with one or two. Normally I do three or four, but I'm so worried about getting in close and then just shooting on my hips. Like that even gives me, you know, I put on the brakes a little bit. So I think again, like anybody that's fighting Pereira, that high level of a kickboxer and, even be honest, Yuri has like a crazy amount of knockouts. So even if you're fighting Yuri, like I don't think Pereira is going to do this, but um, if you're fighting those guys that are known for knockouts, explosive knockout power and stuff, like you got to show, at least show the takedown, right? Even if you want to stand and bang with them, that's something you got to do. So maybe Yuri's not planning to wrestle him, but I think he should at least show it, you know, get Pereira worried about, worried about the takedown. Cause the other thing is, I mean, Pereira has good knees, but he does kind of stand up pretty tall, which you would think would make it easy to get to the hips. And I'm, but he's that guy, man, where I think he's a lot bigger than what people think. And he's tall and lanky. And it's like, like those guys are hard to take down, man. Like we were doing, uh, we were doing lifting returns today. And I was going with, the, with a guy that's like, you know, he's one of the guys just starting off. He's probably six, five, six, four. And even him, man, like, I'm not a short guy. Like he's just, but his legs are so long. Like it's hard to like lift and return that guy. You know, he's just so tall. Even a guy like Neil Magny, that's two weight classes below me. Like, those type of takedowns, he just has that leverage. Like, it can be really, really difficult. So, I, I don't think Pereira is quite as easy to take down as what guys think. But, again, like, who knows what the game plan for Yuri is. But I, I think he's at least got to threaten the wrestling. You know, it'll open up the strike. Final remark that I want to make reference to is that Yuri, we actually haven't seen him engage in, like, shooting, like, a double leg or a single in He's, he's had some grappling exchanges, but he hasn't been, you know, the aggressor. But one guy that we did see aggress was Pereira in the Adesanya fights, right? He did shoot a double leg and he did take Adesanya down, right? So this is what I, this is what I was mentioning before. This guy's leveling up and people don't understand that his, like, skill acquisition is upgrading at such a fast rate that if he just keeps on going with what he's doing... This guy's not leaving the sport. He's going he's gonna to be around for a while, and people are going to start respecting him as an MMA fighter, not a kickboxer. So is there anything you want to add before we move on? Yeah, no, I mean, dude, Pereira's the man. I, I like him. He's just – he comes to fight. Like, I, I think it's what he's done has been, you know, really, really good. Uh, and it's kind of like what we mentioned earlier, man. Like, there's not a ton of wrestlers in these higher weight classes – so, I mean, luckily we're not getting like the, uh, the Islam Makachevs, you know, the Hamza Chamayevs of like guys just coming up and being able to wrestle, you know what I mean? Um, with bigger guys, it just doesn't work the same, you know what I mean? But, and I, I think it's, it's perfect for him. You know, if you get like a, a smaller kickboxer with probably the same amount of experience in grappling, I don't know that it would work out as well. You know what I mean? They probably don't have as much power as like the big guys like Alex Pereira. I think the ceiling's... The ceiling's really high for him. So I, I think he can definitely be the champ, 100%. And defend the belt, too. 
Yeah, yeah, you brought up about the heavyweight picture. If, dude, if Sergey wins by knockout or something and he's a striker, if Pereira has the belt, right, and he moves up to heavyweight, puts that size on and fights a striker heavyweight, how do you think he does? Like, I know one guy's huge and one guy's kind of lean big. So what do you think? Do you think that he would have, like, a speed advantage and all he has to do is just not get hit? Like, that's almost like an impossible feat. I've said this forever, man. Like he could be the first, like, he could be the first triple weight champ. Like he just has that, like, like if you're gonna do that, I do feel like it has to be like it, it'd be so hard to do, but like it would, it would have to be like heavyweight and light heavyweight because like you do have some like a lot of heavyweights just suck, man. Like there's fat, they brawl, they don't even have like a ton of defense, right? They don't have no, they don't have no wrestling. So like Jailton Almeida's Almeida's a guy where like you know like he could potentially be in that position. Like, I think Curtis was the toughest matchup for him, you know? Um, actually, I mean, Aspinall has some ground. Sergey apparently has some ground. So those guys are going to be tough. But if there was, like, ever, like, it, it could potentially happen. You know what I mean? Like, Alex Pereira's that guy. I think he even has fought at heavyweight in kickboxing. Like, he can knock anybody out. He can knock out Sergey. He can knock out Tom. Like, he can knock out anybody. Um, if he goes up, I mean, it's going to be tough. Like, if... These guys are smart. Like, uh, like I, Tom Tom Aspinall does seem like a pretty cerebral fighter. Like, if, if I'm a heavier guy and I'm fighting Pereira, like, I'm going to try to put my weight on him. You know, like, I'm going to try and shoot. I'm going to try and put his back against the cage, smother him a little bit, work, like, the uh, the close zones for, uh, for striking, like, dirty boxing elbows, things like that. Like, really cut him up where he can't use that reach. He can't get that power. Um, always going to have to watch out for the knees, but... I mean, that, I mean, that's if I'm a heavyweight and he does come up, that's how I would do it. But I, I don't know. Like Sergey is a guy that just comes forward the whole time and bangs, and I right, dude, that'd be that'd be such an exciting fight. Like that's one where I feel like whoever gets hit first, you know what I mean? Like Sergey is the guy. Like I keep talking about Alex Pereira's power, but dude, let's talk about Sergey's power, man. Like he's a guy, or if he hits you, you're fucking going out too, you know? Dude, Joe Rogan said back in the day with uh, Todd Duffy, if you recall, he said, this is the new generation of heavyweights. And what he meant was tall, lean, big, like, you know, strong guys that, that have like an MMA game, right? But the problem now is we've gotten to the new generation years, years, um, how do I say, in the future, which is the present now, right? And what do we see? We just see fat motherfuckers. Like, like what the fuck happened? You know what I mean? Weren't we supposed to get this new generation? Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, dude, the MMA lifestyle is hard. Like, if you're like a Todd Duffy or you're one of those guys, it's like, why would you ever want to be a fighter? Like, you know, like, for one thing, like, dude, like, everybody talks about guys, how they could do so well. And, and it's like, all right, well, like, most of them don't like getting hit in the face. Like, that's that's one thing, you know, like, like that's tough. Like, the wrestling's tough, all of that shit. And then it's like, I mean, dude, like, the lifestyle, like, it's hard. Like, it's not easy. Like, I'm tired of shit right now. Like, you know what? I'm not even in It's a hard grind where it's like, you know, like, I'm not even, I guess PFL has seasons, but, like, you're still training in the off season. You know what I mean? Um, so in most other promotions, there's not really an off season anyway. So it's like, I, I, I don't know. I think it just takes like a special type of guy to want to do it. Um, and I think those, those guys are coming. Like they're still there. We're, we're going to get more of that probably from, I would say, more like wrestling backgrounds and whatnot. 
Um, I think it's coming, but it's, I mean, that's like the kind of the exciting thing about heavyweight, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like on paper, you're looking at it. It's like Almeida should smoke Derek Lewis, but we've seen it. But like when he fought Curtis, Curtis was whooping his ass striking too. And then all it takes is just, you know what I mean? Derek Lewis doesn't even train. (laughs) Depending on how you look at it, all it takes is one, you know what I mean? You can get like a fat slob that doesn't do anything land something on you and it's just like you get knocked the fuck out you know that's why we love Derek when he fought Volkov you know I was I remember watching that live dude like Volkov was whooping his ass the whole fight what was it? Two seconds left just breaks his jaw it's like you know that's it's part of the reason why you love it and then but it's also like fuck like you know what I mean so like there's always going to be a place for like the fat guys in power you know 100% so that knee that Magomed hit Johnny with, bro, did he do that shit on purpose? That was completely illegal. I don't know. It's tough to say, man. Like, I don't... Maybe he was trying to not do it, you know? Like, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. They, they make knees legal on the ground, you know? Like, one of my teammates, he's fighting on one next weekend, and it, it makes... It changes the game. Like, he... It changes get-ups for sure. Like, you can knee to the head and stuff. It's just, it makes it so much harder. Like, it's just, we got to stop with this bullshit of, like, like that happened. Uh, the Piotr Jan fight happened. That, like, totally changed the landscape of 135 forever. Like, you know what I mean? Aljo became the defending champ. I think the most decorated, right? The most title defenses. Like, that's kind of created a fight that he was losing. Get his gas kicked in the first one. You know, like he was. Uh, it's just such a... Such a dumb rule, in my opinion. It's so dumb. Ty, your teammates fighting in one championship. Are you talking about Vanilla Thunder? Yeah, yeah, he's also my roommate. Oh, okay, I see. So, who's he fighting, and uh, how's training going with him right now? Fighting with some Korean guy. Uh, I don't know much about him. He's he's fought for one for a while. His only loss was to Pachecha. Um, I was actually supposed to go out with them, but then, you know, flight shit happened. You know, you couldn't, couldn't make it happen. Um, and honestly, man, like he's, he's looking good. It's one of those things where, you know, I've said this so much in the past year because I had like five fights. It's like, it's always like annoying when like fighters are like, oh, this is the best training camp of my life. It's like, yeah, dude, you said it like the past like four fights. You know what I mean? Uh, I can honestly say, like, after training with him for years and, you know, living with him and being around him, like, it, it's the best that he's looked. Like, he's looking fantastic. Like, his striking's looking good. His wrestling is obviously great. Um, he's he's looking sharp, man. Would you bet on him? Like, if you had if you had this insider trading knowledge, would you just, like, if you knew he was going to go for a knockout, wouldn't you just put a whole bunch of money on knockout? <sighs> knockout? Like, it could happen, but... No, like, if he said to you, I'm going to go for a knockout or I'm going to go for a sub, would you put the money on? Oh, yeah. Like, I think he's definitely going to win. I think he can knock him out, and it might happen. With heavyweights, man, anything can happen. But, I mean, I don't think it's a huge secret. Like, he's going to go out there and he's going to wrestle fuck this guy. And a lot of guys, like, just don't have wrestling, you know? And I, I think that it's kind of funny. Like, we might have the two best heavyweight wrestlers in MMA right now at our gym. We have Curtis Blades and Vanilla. Um... And I definitely would, I'm imagining he's going to be the underdog because this guy's like had four or five fights in one FC, but uh, I don't know how much wrestling they're doing over there in South Korea, but I mean, we're doing a lot over here and he's looking good, man. I can definitely see him 
I see him taking him down and finishing a ground and pound, but I could also see a sub too. And I even have an idea on the sub, but I'll keep that secret. <laughs> Bro, these Asian countries, they're very good kickboxers and they favor the striking because they're close to Thailand and all the rest. But dude, do you think that that's a meta for American fighters? Go overseas, wrestle these guys and really have an advantage there? I mean, so the Asian fans seem to at least like have a lot more respect for the wrestling. You know what I mean? Like they seem to at least be more educated. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm talking shit, but it, I'm thinking back to like the pride days where I think it was pride where they'd be so quiet or I've heard of guys that have fought in like Tokyo and they, they at least seem more knowledgeable. Like they'll clap, you know, like I, I was good friends with Alistair over him and he would tell me about that. Like they just, Asian fans seem to just be more knowledgeable about the sport, you know, more loyal fans for sure. Um, so I think that like that could be refreshing for a lot of guys, you know, going over there and being able to just, you know, wrestle fuck guys. Um, and I think that could definitely be the kryptonite. Like, I, I don't know a lot of Asian guys that are great wrestlers, you know what I mean? Like, I think that could be a, a good, you know, good blueprint for that. But I've looked at the one FC contracts and they fuck dude. Like I've thought about it, you know, but it's, it's just one of those where it's like, it's a pretty restrictive contract. So I don't know. They have a lot of respect for the submission grappling and the jujitsu, but I don't think they have that uh, wrestling part of the game yet, like down pat. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. You know, and uh, you know, and that's the cool thing about one that they put on the kickboxing, they put on the uh, uh, just a submission only, and I think that's so cool. They do it all on the same card, so yeah, they do have that respect. But uh, like like you said, like there's just not. I can't think of a single like asian known for his wrestling you know what i mean like I'm, you get a good teacher over there like they're good, like they're good at jujitsu you know obviously sakuraba and those guys but there's no one out there that's like you know like this guy like his wrestling is you know off the charts he has these great wrestling chops it's like you know especially in one fc like you're still seeing that be the russians you know like the russians from dagestan and everything are coming over there and, and then they're beating guys doing that so where did the name big medicine come from what's the story behind that it was just a nickname in high school and I was just, you know, trying to be a big pussy hound and, you know, it just means, just means you're uh, desirable for the ladies and it, it kind of stuck and I wasn't even going to use it as a fight nickname and then one of my old buddies wrote it down when I had my last cut to 185, I was like dying and he, I was like, dude, fill in all my stuff, I'll tell you what it is and he put it down on there and then it kind of stuck but I've actually been thinking of retiring it but we'll we'll see, we'll see. Should there be a division where you're allowed roids? Yeah, I think so. Dude, USADA's the biggest crock of shit that has ever fucking happened. Like, it's so full of shit. Like, look, guys, guys are always going to cheat. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter what the sport is. Guys are always going to cheat. Like, if you're over here, I don't know much about rugby. Like, I try to. You know, like, I think it's cool. I like watching the, the Samoans do the haka and shit. But, like, those guys look pretty big, you know? I'm a total bandwagon. I don't know shit about it. I love the All Blacks. Don't ask me anything. I just, it's like 2 a.m. I'm watching hockey videos and guys doing it. But like you look at those guys, they're on the sauce, right? Like obviously. You look at guys in the NFL, they're on the sauce. You look at guys, I don't, like baseball, I don't get it, but guys do it. You know, like it's never going to not be a thing. And uh, the whole thing with USADA was they're trying to make a level playing field, but all they did was make the disparity between guys that are juicing and guys that are juicing even bigger. Like, you're not going to sit here and tell me, like, I know guys that have trained in Thailand and Phuket, 
and they've talked about USADA like never having gone there since they've been there. I've talked to other guys, and these are all guys in big organizations that are trying to go to Thailand because they know USADA doesn't go there. Like, you're going to tell me that USADA is going to the mountains of Dagestan and testing those guys? No fucking shot, dude. Like, it's not happening. Like, you're going to tell me, I love Paul Acosta. I love it. I love the way he fights. I love him on Twitter. You're going to tell me that guy's fucking natural? He's not natural, dude. Get the fuck. Like, it's all flawed the way they do it. So I think, like, it's a huge bias, right? If you're a guy fighting out of, like, Denver, Colorado or Las Vegas, Nevada, like, there's a guy, or USADA guy that comes and tests us, like, lives right outside of Denver. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to go test the guys in Dagestan, like, how, like that's a whole thing. You're going to go down to Rio and test all those guys. That's a whole thing. You're going to go to Australia, and it's not even the USADA guys that test them. It's their local guys that I'm sure that they're incentivized to, you know, help these guys cheat or do whatever. So I think it's just made it, like, harder for certain types of guys, and then other guys, it's pretty easy to get away with it. Um, like, I think guys are just always going to do it. I mean, what's the big fucking deal? Like, why do we hate it so much? It seems like it seems like more of an American thing. Like, a lot of Americans get so mad when a guy, like, gets on the sauce. But, like, what I notice, like, I'm sure, like, Irish fans are like, yeah, Connor's on the sauce. Why not? You know, like, of course we would want him there. Like, Mexican fans are going to love Canelo. Like, they support them no matter what. Like, they're very loyal. But for whatever Americans, like, a guy gets on the sauce and they just don't shut the fuck up about it. Like, they just get so mad about it. And it's like, I don't know, man. I, I just think you're never going to stop it. And, like, trying to control it, you're just going to make shit worse. Which I, I think Usada did make things worse. So, Bro, I just think that maybe there's a problem when it comes to jumping on the sauce. Like, when it comes to heart conditions and all the rest. Like just stop people from having fucking heart attacks. That's about it. That's the only thing that I would say that's, that it's bad for you. But apart from that, bro, if they legalize it and they're, and they're tracking what, like, it's, it's such a difficult thing. They can't track every single person's supply of what they're using. But if dude, there's so many people, like, as you said, Paulo Costa, he went on the ultimate fighter lost right? Looked like shit. Physique looked terrible. And then all of a sudden he's exploded. Like, I think he's just one of those guys that has like a hyper response to uh, supplements. And I think that he's just ballooned up because he's taking stuff. Another thing that was interesting was USADA tested Yuri Prakasha 70 times, 72 times in the one year. There's only 365 days in a year, man. And they took 72 samples and in the same year, they tested um, some guys like twice. Like, what the fuck was the company doing even to begin with? I mean, but like, look, it's like they say Usada tests them, but like, did they? Or did some guy in Czechoslovakia, like a local guy, like they all like outsource it to like local people, you know? So it's like, it's not like an Usada guy going there and like watching you pull your dick out and piss in a cup. Like, I, I'm pretty. <laughs> and if it is like you're gonna get notified like these guys know like they're not dumb you know like I, they're getting around it somehow and i just it's just one of those things like look if you want to be like like make it like the old days you know like you know you're gonna get tested on fight night maybe fight week like if you get caught you're an idiot like how do you fail like you're failing an intelligence test you're not failing a drug test like but you at least like no one in the ufc or you honestly even like any big organization is ever gonna say this right because like it'll look terrible but, like, if I'm in, like, a closed-door meeting with them, like, here's what I'm saying. It's like, look, if you want to be, like, legitimate, like, 
do that. Like have drug testing, say we have it, do, you know, we're going to do it on fight day or fight week, whatever it is. But then, you know, if you're not in camp, let them do it or don't do it by the way. Like, I don't think that it's one of those things. Like I would love it for recovery. Cause like I said, I get tired of shit. Like, but I also don't think it's like this end all be all thing. Like it, it certainly helps because I fought guys that have juiced. I've trained with guys that have juiced. There's a noticeable difference, but like, you look in the division in PFL, the light heavyweights, there was, what, six guys that tested positive? And, like, I watched a lot of their fights. Like, a lot of them look like shit. And that's not me talking shit. It's like, and like it does sound petty, but I'm not. Like, it, like, these are good guys. They've had good fights in the past. But, like, in that particular fight, like, I, I think of, like, the Will Fleury and the, the Jocko fight. Neither of those guys look great. Like, it was a split decision win. Like, I don't think the steroids, and they both pop, but it's like the steroids, they're not going to make you throw a punch better. They're not going to make you double leg. It's not like this end-all, be-all thing, but like personally, dude, it'd be fantastic for recovery. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it would be pretty good. It's just, I think that any promotion trying to combat that, it's like, I think they're probably biting off quite a bit more than they could chew. Have you enjoyed your time at the PFL? Uh, I mean, it's been all right. You know, I, I can't complain. They pay well. I think they brought me into lose this season, but it is what it is. Like, you know, I made it to the semifinals, kind of a shitty stoppage I disagreed with, but shouldn't have been in the position to take that knee in the first place. Like, Silvera seems like a cool dude, so it's cool to see him in the finals. Uh, Impa's a cool dude. Cool to see him in the finals. You know, I'm not petty about it, but, you know, it, it's been good. Like, I can't complain. What can you tell me the insight into Abdul Razak? Because he, I believe he has a 100% finish rate. And as we said, um, Joe Pfeiffer kind of had the game plan for him. And moving on from that, let's just, uh, let's just, let's just hone in on the Razak part of that question. And then I want to ask you about the rest after, but what can you tell me about Razak and his skill level? Dude, he's, one of the most talented guys I've trained with. And so, like, in minds, like, anytime I have a fight, I always send a guy to Razak. Like, he's a very, very astute, intelligent guy. When he's scouting out a guy, like, he'll notice shit I don't notice. Um, he's cornered me for a lot of my fights. Like, he cornered me for my first one in PFL. Like, he's a stud. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but, like, he was uh, competed for the national team in uh, judo at, uh, for Ghana. Like, that's how he got over here in the U.S. Like, he doesn't use it a ton, which is wild to me. Um but then that, doesn't, that, that doesn't sound right. If he's got that level of knockout ability, why is he not using his judo to set everything up? I mean, so judo is like a tough one where like it's difficult. Like it's kind of like you, you had Ronda Rousey that was successful at judo. But if you think about the state of women's MMA, like, like it just was nowhere near where the men's were at the time. Like they just, they just haven't been around as long. Again, I'm not talking shit. It's like, you know, <laughs> But it's just, it's just, it kind of sounds it kind of sounds like you are, but I know exactly what you mean. She got so many titles off just knowing a little bit of judo throws. Yeah, like look, there's always going to be like guys will talk about, and I don't agree with this, but they'll talk about like John Jones on his come up, like oh, like he he fought these washed up guys, and I hate hearing that about like Machida and Rua and all those guys. But like, sure, I guess that's a valid whatever. Or guys will talk about Demetrius Johnson, like there just wasn't a ton of talent in the flyweight division, and it's like. 
I'll know, stop like, you. I'll I'll stop you there. Did just with the just with the Demetrius Johnson thing? Is that what you're saying, or are you saying other people are saying that? Other people say that. Like I, I don't. To be honest, like those guys seem pretty good to me. Like Joseph Benavides seems like a stud. Like a lot of the guys he fought seemed really good. Obviously Henry Cejudo, but I'm just saying like. And I don't agree with the John Jones thing, by the way, either. But these are just, like, criticisms you hear of people saying that. And it's like, you know, like, he still did what he should have. Both of those guys still did what he should have. So it's like, you look at Ronda Rousey and her judo, and it's like, she did exactly what she should have. She's finishing these chicks in, what, like, 10 seconds? You know, but at the same time, like, women's MMA at that time just was not. Like, it's grown so much even since when she fought Holly Holm in, what, 2015 and so in eight years. Like, it's grown a ton just even in those eight years. But at that time, you could kind of get away with that shit. Like, I don't think that if she came back today, like... Yeah, no way. I don't see that happening, you know? So, like, so then, but if you look at them... So I'm talking about, like, successful people in judo. Other than that, who have you had? You had Hector Lombard. I know he's thrown some people around, but he never really was, like... You know, it wasn't a guy where you're like, dude, like, this guy, like, guaranteed is going to throw you around. It's like, he was a knockout guy. That's kind of where Razak's at. So, I, I think it's difficult. It's difficult to uh, to kind of execute in MMA. I think a lot of it you got to do against the cage. Um, you know, one of my teammates, Chepe, he just fought. And you saw him throw the guy a ton. I actually won the fight off of a judo throw against the cage. So, I think that there are areas where you could do it. Um, but, in fairness, like, it, it's kind of difficult to execute in MMA. So, I'll give him that. Um, I wish he would lean a little bit more on his grappling because he's just so But again, man, when you're that guy that just has that crazy knockout power, like what does he have, 14 first-round knockouts? Dude, not a lot of people have that shit, 100% finish rate. Like that's a pretty insane statistic, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, if I had that, it's like, yeah, dude, I could be a judo national champion too. Like I'm not probably not going to use it a lot if I know I can put anybody's lights out, so – I see what you mean, Ty. I can't stand those people that say that about Demetrius. Like, dude, do your fucking homework. Uh, Kyoji Horiguchi has gone on to do great things in Ryzen, in Bellator. He's a he's a top, I like to say, top 200 fighters of all time because when you look at the topology list, it, there's, a, there's an actual criteria so you can equate shit. And uh, Kid Yamamoto... He was fucking popping off. He was one of the best fights, pioneers of the sport that people have forgotten about. You need to research his fights. He was a fucking uh, animal. Ian McCall's pound for pound number one uh, in flyweight, sorry, when uh, when Demetrius uh, fought him and they had close fights and Demetrius won, right? They had a draw and, and a win, right? And then on top of that, you had, um, yeah, you had Joseph Benavides, Henry Cejudo. Like, dude, these are fucking massive names. These are big deals. It's just the fact that no one cares about the division. They don't care about – they don't actually care about the people, but the quality is there. You can show those titles against another fighter that had it in, like, welterweight or lightweight, a more popular division. The quality of the wins are much superior to any um, fighter that defended the belt in the heavier weight classes. But, man, like, you even look at, like, lightweight. It's, like, you hear guys talk about, like, Khabib that way, about Islam that way, about Charles. And it's, like, look, man, like, it's not boxing where it seems like you can kind of choose your fights. Like, they said Mayweather, if I'm not mistaken, they say the criticism of Mayweather are he fought Pacquiao past his prime and he fought Canelo, like, earlier on in his career, right? Canelo so, was, like, 22 or some shit. Yeah, it's, like, maybe there'd be a different fight now, but it's, like, he's choosing, like, you choose your fights in boxing, like, Dude, it doesn't matter if you're fucking, like, 
you know, Joe Pfeiffer, for instance, like a guy Dana obviously likes. Like, Razak was not an easy matchup for him. Like, he did, had a solid game plan. He did what he had to do. But, like, when you're, like, a guy that's known for your knockouts, your name's Body Bags, and they give you a guy with a 100% finish rate knocking out, it's like, brother, like, I'll tell you. Like, I don't care if it's Sean Strickland. I don't care if it's Adesanya. If you're a guy and you're standing with a guy like Razak, there's always going to be a solid chance he knocks you out. So my point is that, like, in MMA, even if they like you, like, they're not giving you like necessarily all the time these favorable matchups some guys yeah they do give them favorable matchups a little bit but like for champions like what are they supposed to do man like what is dj supposed to do like what do you want these guys to do what was khabib supposed to do like he fought connor he fought dustin he fought uh gaichi and he finished all these guys like what the fuck else is he supposed to do you talk about john jones it's like oh like sure maybe these guys were washed up i disagree with that i think it's disrespectful but like even if they were what the fuck else is he supposed to do man like you know what i mean like what are these guys like you know like you know like, what, what are they supposed to do like i don't get like people give give guys these criticisms and it's like you don't really get to choose an mma like that like it's not like boxing i could see if it was like boxing like in a mayweather situation but it's like you're gonna fight who's in front of you man like yeah there was a much more shallow pool at flyweight but like, what do you want the guy to do, man? Like the two dark horses I see there in that middleweight picture are Joe Pfeiffer and Brendan Allen. There's so many uh, big names that are coming into the division. You just saw that uh, ginger guy with the one eye, Shara Bullet Magomedov, right? He's they're pushing him. They're pushing Chamayev. They're pushing Bo Nickel, but bro. You still have Brendan Allen there coming into his own, and you've got Joe Pfeiffer, who no one really knows, right? Dude, these two seem like they're going to fight for the title soon. You know what I mean? If they keep on putting up the wins that they're going to have because they've got ranked opponents coming up, dude, these guys are are well-balanced fighters. Do you think it's kind of disrespectful that the sport's gone in this direction, that the UFC, as much as it is a business, it's still a sporting event, and they're favoring these contenders who might have less skills, but instead they want to make money off them, so they'll give them some sort of fast track, kind of like how they did Sean O'Malley, instead of favoring the people with the most skills, being someone like a Pyfe or someone like a Brendan Allen, who's an underrated guy that could fight for a belt, they would rather give the opportunity to someone that they're trying to make money off. Like, there's such a weird blurred line there. What do you think about that? I mean, dude, people sometimes shit on the UFC, but it's like, look, man, like, they were only out of commission for a couple months during COVID. They still found a way to put on business. Dana's like, like when you're doing that type of business, man, it's kind of like politics in a way where it's like, you know, like the Israeli Palestine conflict. Like I'm confident to say, man, like I have some opinions on it, but I don't know. I don't know enough to where like you should fucking listen to me. I don't know enough about business where like, I'm sure like, those are some, definitely some valid criticisms, but at the same time, it's like, look, man, they've been in business for so long, you know? Like, guys in politics, and don't get me wrong, there's some corrupt guys and all that, but, like, sometimes I feel like there are some things behind the scenes that maybe, like, the average people don't know. So maybe they have some plans. I, truly, I don't know, man, but I will say, like, specifically, like, in, a, in the case of Brandon Allen, like, I do think he should probably get a ranked guy. It does seem like he does seem pretty long overdue for that. Like he's done enough. He's he's had finishes. He's you know he wants to stay active. He trains out of a good gym. Like it, it does seem wild to me that he's not getting like a top ten matchup. You know, like I don't. I'm trying to think like 
they've given him Paul Craig, but someone like a Roman Delizzi, who's really Paul, high in the ranking. Paul Craig is such a silly matchup for him. You know, I mean, it's like Paul Craig has like a bigger name, I guess. Like people know him. So like, that's good in that sense. Like sometimes I think if you fight a guy, like I don't even know if Conor McGregor's ranked right now or he definitely shouldn't be. But like, look, man, if you go and you fight Conor McGregor, it doesn't fucking matter, dude. You're fighting Conor fucking McGregor. You know what I mean? So like there is like, uh, you know, there is something to be said for like people with bigger names. But and I think he probably... I think he definitely has the edge in the striking against Paul Craig. Like, Paul Craig's going to be bigger and stronger. Like, uh, Allen does have some pretty solid jiu-jitsu. It's going to be interesting to see if the, uh, if it goes to the floor. But, like, I mean, dude, he had, he had one fight at 85. And, like, all of a sudden you're giving him this. Like, what like, what are you doing here? And I, I feel the same way with, like, giving Hamzad a title shot off of beating fucking Usman. In a fight that, like, again, I'm biased because we trained with Usman. I thought Usman might have even won that fight. At least draw. You know, at least got a draw on, you know, what was it? 11 days notice it's like i don't think you get to fight usman to a decision on 11 days notice and then all of a sudden get a middleweight title shot you know what i mean like i don't think that a guy in brennan allen that's top 15 in my opinion probably should be even top 10 maybe like you should be giving him a top 10 matchup not fucking paul craig and there's no disrespect to paul craig man like paul craig's a dog like i love watching him fight but like yeah man it is kind of curious like why why they do their matchmaking in certain ways. Like it almost feels like they're not trying to fast track Ben and Brennan Island. You know, I, I don't know. Like, like I said, probably some backdoor stuff or something that we don't know about. Like, I don't know, man, but it, it does seem from a fan's perspective, it does seem a little wild. Dude, Usman on short notice, if that fight went to the fourth and fifth round, I'm saying it right now. Yeah. He kind of he embarrassed Chemayev's skill set like I know that Chemayev might have had his hand hurt and that could have changed a lot of the fight but dude when it came to straight cardio he kind of fell off in the second and third and Usman can go to round 10 you know what I mean Usman's got one of the best cardios in all of MMA so I think that Usman's not washed and I think there's, there's still big things happening for him for the rest of his career yeah, the people saying Usman are washed or crazy. Like, you had that first fight with Leon that he was winning. Like, he was winning that fight. Let's like, not act like he got caught with maybe the greatest head kick in, in, in UFC history, in MMA history, right? The second fight I thought was pretty damn competitive, too. Like, it wasn't like a complete blowout or anything at all. Um, and then that third fight, he arguably won. Like, again, competitive on a 10, 11 days notice. He's this guy that no one wants to fight. Like, no one wants to fight Jemayev. Um, you know, no disrespect to Chemayev, but like, I think Usman's stock went up and I think Chemayev's stock went down a little bit. I think totally, I think he's going to struggle with a guy like Costa, man. Like Costa showed that like, he has great takedown defense against guys like Romero and whatnot. Um, and he has crazy power, man. Like obviously Usman has, you know, good amount of power, clean, tight, technical boxing, but dude, like you eat some of those shots that he ate from Usman, uh, you eat those from Costa, bro. Like, like you're going to go out, dude. Like, there's no, you know, if you got dropped by Burns, who also, a dog, has explosive power, but, like, Burns used to fight at 55, man. Costa should probably be a light heavyweight. You know, it's just going to be a different type of power. And he's got those heavy hips. And, you know, I've trained with Usman. I remember when they said Usman was going to fight Jan, and I was, like, laughing because it's, like, it was obviously all show, but it was, like, so good. But, like, you don't, like, I've like kind of text barred and played around with Usman a little bit. It don't, dude. He's obviously 
pound for pound greatest, you know, one of the greatest of all time. But it's like, dude, the, the size disparity was massive. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I don't really see Costa. Costa is one of those guys kind of like Ferrer. Like, I don't really see them as a middleweight. They're like a light heavyweight fighting a middleweight. Shemaev is a guy that somehow made 170. And it's like, I think that size is going to be a huge factor. I think if he goes and fights Strickland, that's going to piss me off. Like, that's just such a dumb fucking fight to make. Like, it's just, it's so silly. I think he should come back and fight Costa. I think, I don't know why everybody's forgotten about Duplessy. First guy to finish Whitaker, like, since, uh, since Adesanya. He's got five straight wins, like, all finishes, too. It's like, why are we, you know? And the thing is, man, like, I, I called that he was going to beat Whitaker on that one. I just had this feeling. And I just think that Same. I, I, just, I had this feeling, like, he was going to fucking beat him. And, um, Dude, I don't know. Like, I don't know why they've just, like, forgotten about him for some reason. It should definitely be Duplessis versus Sean Strickland, which I think is going to be a... I think that's a banger of a fight, too, man. Like, I think that's a fucking great fight. Dude needs more publicity, man. Like, he's a... Guys, like, shit on him, but it's, like, he's... And I, I love, like, fucking with Razak, like, a little inside thing. Like, telling him he's, like, the real, true African champ, all that, Razak. But, it, but it's funny. But, like, I yeah, like, the guy gets, like, forgotten. And it's like, do we just forget that he just knocked Bobby Knuckles the fuck out? Like, a guy, like, Bobby Knuckles is good, man. He's another guy that, like, we were talking about in Mega Night of. Uh, Bobby Knuckles kind of reminds me of that, man. Like, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And so for Duplessis to knock him out like that, like, that's that's not nothing, dude. And, like, all of a sudden, like, no one's mentioning him in the title picture. They had talked about, like, Jared Cannonier fighting or some shit. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> Ty, final question for you. Who is somebody at Elevation uh, Fight Team that is an up-and-comer that people don't really know about that's into the team that you expect big things from in MMA? An up-and-comer? Um, yeah, dude. So I'll say uh, Vanilla Thunder is really good. He's a guy fighting in 1FC. Um, he had a tough time getting a lot of fights. Uh but he's he's a guy that he's a heavyweight wrestler, man. There's not a lot of them, and he's not like a slobby wrestler. He's he's very very difficult. He's good on the ground too. His striking is getting a lot better. Um, I would not be surprised if he became the champ and won. You know, like with with his wrestling pedigree and the lack of that over in one FC, uh, I would expect very big things from him. I was hoping being serious. I'm being dead serious. I'm being dead serious. He's he's very very good, man. Like he's he's very very difficult. I've noticed like very big improvements in his game this camp too. Like totally different fighter from you know he was one of my main training partners uh, before my uh, semifinal fight that I had in August, and so I was like training camp was primarily in June July, June July to you know like September October. Like just in that time, like I think he's already gotten twenty to thirty percent better, um, and I think. I think in the upper divisions in one FC, like I'm not impressed by a lot of those guys. And I think that he can kind of tear through those, tear through those guys. Like he's, his wrestling pedigree is, is nothing to nothing to shake a stick at, man. Like he's, he's a stud. Keep an eye on him. He's fighting next weekend, uh, November 4th. So that's all we have time for ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Ty, for coming on the show. Is there any final remarks you want to say to the fans at home as we wrap up the podcast today? Um, 
Yeah, no, thanks for joining in. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. Just uh, look for big things from Team Elevation. You know, we have a couple guys. The fight's coming up, like I said, Vanilla Thunder, Neil Magny, uh, Zach Pauga. You know, keep an eye on those guys. We're, uh, we're working really hard out here, and we're looking for all the finishes in 2024. So let's do it. Follow Ty on Instagram, link in the description, and follow Anything Combat on Spotify. See you guys next time.